You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. off the weekend here we go again same shit different day is that negative let's make it positive i'm trying to make it better for you i'm gonna make your monday better i'm gonna bring some giggles some light some knowledge people often say they want video like they want the video version of this podcast i'm like really you want to see me like drop eight octaves and say words in like weird ways. You don't want to see my face when I do it. I go like cross-eyed and it's just a moment for me and me only and for you to experience. Another pro is right now I actually look like Leatherface. Literally, I will go post what my face looks like on my Instagram and it is atrocious and it's been an extremely humbling experience and I have hated going out in public, but I've still gone out in public because A, I really wanted a delicious cheeseburger the other day, and B, girls got to go to the fucking grocery store. I needed wine to cope with the way that I looked. Why didn't you send your husband? Why didn't he go get it for you? Because you know what? I can't wait on anyone. I can't depend. I'm just kidding. I can't depend on anyone. No, the reason is, is because I will go crazy if I sit in the house for too long consecutively. I just need to feel the wind in my face and my hair, get out, get in my car, smoke a joint alone, self-medicate, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, but every time I went in and the way people looked at me, it was like, I shouldn't have fucking done this. And it was self-inflicted. Okay. She got a cool peel, nothing too crazy. But if you're a girl and you've done it, you know that you probably shouldn't leave the house for three or four days because it's fucking ugly. It's just, there's no way to put it. It's fucking ugly. Currently, I'm in the lizard iguana, like skin peeling off of me, but I'm going to look as soft as a baby's ass with a tight glow when this shit's healed up. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go from a low, a low, low to a high, high. And that dopamine hit, worth it. For those of you who are new here, hi, I'm Jordan, host of the Horny Housewife podcast. Read the description box. That'll give you just the rundown if you need me to update you. Basically, we're talking about sex, all the realities of sex when you're with a person for a long time and you plan on hanging around. So how can we make this shit enjoyable? Let's talk about it. First, today, I wanted to start off by talking about our hygiene Okay, hygienic pussies, hygienic dicks, balls, and buttholes from both parties. Someone actually slid in the DMs and was like, you know, how can we prep for anal back there? How do we, like, what's that included? And I'm like, you know what, let's just do a hygiene segment so we can cover that. We can cover, like, the ways you may think you're helping your pussy smell good and actually you're fucking it up and you're maybe fixing it for 12 hours and then you're throwing that bitch off again. And then we're reminding the men to really, you know, get in there because they have it the easiest. Everything's just protruding off of their body except their butthole. So we're reminding you, y'all get the least nagging, to clean your butthole, like 
clean it. Don't just let the water run through your crack and you think that like that's doing something. Like lather up. Don't you dare. Don't you dare be one of those men who thinks their girl should be a baddie and eat his asshole and you're also thinking that the water is doing good enough because you don't deserve it then. And I don't even think I'm talking to those people. I'm going to think higher of you. So maybe going a step extra, something that maybe it shouldn't be expected of you, but could be just nice, nice, is that there wouldn't be a jungle around the butthole. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying if you like any sort of action where her head, maybe her mouth could be really close to there, then do make it where it's not like a flossing journey for her or like a jungle that she has to navigate because she probably will never revisit that jungle specifically. Depends on how much she loves you, basically. Or if you're really, really hot and really, really rich and she just knows like she's got to do what she's got to do. Now, ladies, I know most of the ladies I'm talking to and men, y'all have been together for a while. So that's why these reminders are always good because we can get in the autopilot of life and you may have not realized your pH balance is thrown off. Now, I feel like as a woman, I can relate to like in or when I was younger, like 19, 20, 21, 22, you're 23, 24, 25, just kidding. <laughs> when you're younger, you're like learning about how sex and the importance of peeing after sex and all the things that you think you should be doing aren't like you shouldn't be like douching. Some will disagree with me, but I think that maybe the majority might agree with me that douching really... I could see why porn stars want to do it. I don't know. I just think that it's not good for the vagina. Like your vagina has its natural flora and pH and it's good at fixing itself. And when you try to come in and and clear out everything that's going on in there and like literally you're cleaning the douche is cleaning everything out, flushing it all out. Then it's going to breed more of the bad and the good and it's going to be thrown off. It's going to smell. So it's going to smell bad. And then also, I know you want to be a hygienic girl and you don't go five days without showering and then it's like a little Petri dish down there because it is a Petri dish, technically. It's got the warm, moist environment and that's a breeding ground. (laughs) It's so much more complicated than just the penis, which is hanging out and the balls, which are hanging out and you could just scrubby-dub-dub different. I know guys that are not circumcised have to do some shit, like peel that shit back and clean it. And I almost, I almost gagged a little bit. That was rude. But I just thought about the words that men use to describe of what's in there when they're cleaning it out. I don't like that. So girls hate to be granola on you, but if you're going to get like cleaners for that shit, get plant-based, go to fucking the granola crunchy stores, because that's going to be your best bet to keep it a safe you know, clean with the right shit, keeping the good shit, the natural shit, letting your vagina do its magic on its own. Go to the doctor and make sure you don't have an STD or something. And if you've been in a relationship for a long time and you're like, we don't have STDs and my vagina is all normal except for the occasional time of like if she gets a yeast infection or a UTI or whatever, that shit can still happen because bacteria, sex, your dick being 
not fucking clean or some butt to vagina action, whatever. It never ceases to amaze me how much I have to remind. I have to remind my own husband not to wipe me. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll explain. From back to front. Like, my husband is a sweet man, sweet, sweet man. So after, um, you know, climax, after he finishes, he will go get me something to clean myself. He'll just say, stay there. And he is a gentleman. And, or I'll like say, fuck that. And then like make a little cup and run for it. But sometimes I'll just wait and he will get a wet, like a baby wipe or a wet towel or something. And if I do not tell him, he will go butt to front. I'm like, Jesus Christ, thank God we didn't have a daughter. I mean, obviously he probably would have learned if we had a daughter, but because we don't have a daughter, he didn't know. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, you're putting like fecal particles into my vagina hole and it's not going to go well for me at all. And even if you don't think that sounded gross, that there's fecal particles, I mean, how do you think those that that goes bad? It's just not, they're invisible germs, okay? Or maybe they're visible germs. Just fucking make sure you wipe front to back. Men, if you're going and being a gentleman, front to back, front to back. And maybe you're like, I know that, duh. But maybe you're like, oh, I never wipe her. So if you go that above and beyond step, wipe her. That's, you'll get brownie points for sure. Very sexy, very sweet. And the ladies from this story, I hope I reminded you to make sure you're always peeing after sex. You're like, bitch, we're not amateurs. We've been around. Stop. Okay, let's move on to some maybe enlightening hygiene tips then. So specifically, I was asked about prepping for sexual experiences type of hygiene. So I would think that if you're going to have anal sex, duh, you want to be clean. So freshly showered obviously is the best. But if you're not, if you like went out to dinner and shit, not took a shit, but to dinner and shit, but maybe you should take a shit because you don't want to have to take a shit. She's not sugarcoating it, is she? You don't want to have to take a shit and have anal sex. That's when you would say, eh, not tonight. And men don't quite, why not? Why not? Because she might have to go shit. So don't play with fire, buddy. Did I lose my whole male audience? I just grossed them all out so badly. Now you may be wondering, are you suggesting I do an enema? No, I don't. I've said that before. I don't know how many episodes go, but I don't think you need to do that. I think that could actually get you into more trouble. Now I know some people would disagree with me and I know that could be popular for some people actually who do it a lot. But for me, that is just not something I need to do. I haven't had a bad enough experience where I'm like, I should probably start doing an enema before I know. I just know I don't have to go to the bathroom and I feel ready and I know that I'm clean. So I'm not worried about that. But at the same time, if you're going back there, you should have the, you know, awareness of what could come from there, considering its job in the human body, like its function you get the picture. And like I said, I think post-shower is just the best, safest shit in the fucking shower. As long as you bring your oil-based lube in and then the water and the oil, they're not best friends. So it'll stick around for a while. You know, you could do that. But if you don't have the luxury of that, that's when I think those little wipies are okay. You know, they're not going, you're not shoving the summer's eve wipe in your pussy hole or in your butthole. I mean, maybe you are in your butthole. Do what you need to do. I think that's not recommended and I probably should advise against that. 
but do what you need to do. I'm heavily winking and saying, do what you need to do to feel good. Cardi B said she would stick her finger up there and do a swirl with her long fingernails. So I just was going to pass that information on and do with it what you will. It's time for la 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 listener questions. We got some interesting ones. How do you get your husband to spank you? Okay, I've been asked this like 77 times and I always just ignored it because I thought it was a joke for real. I just, the way it's worded and it's worded the same. And now I don't know if these are all just genuine and this is a common question amongst different people or if this is all the same person or I don't know. And so I just figured I would just shoot it straight and tell you that how do I get him to? Well, if I want him to, I just tell him to, I ask him to, and he's happy to oblige. So I think for certain people, it can be so different, right? There are people that that is like their kink. There's people that are into domestic discipline. Google it. I did an episode about it a long time ago. Probably wouldn't want to re-listen to it. I'd probably cringe and die and roll up into a little shrivelly ball. But I did uh, attempt to talk about that at one point. That's a whole thing. We should probably redo an episode on domestic discipline. But then, you know, there's also people that are just really into spanking in the bedroom, not outside. And inside the bedroom, like a little kid. It's weird. It's weird. It's not weird. I'm not kink shaming. What am I doing? But yeah, I feel like this is a communication thing. I feel like this is a, you just need to tell him, ask him, bring it up, share with him that this is something that arouses you. And how does he feel about it? Would he be into that? Now, if you're wanting to get like an object, a spanking spoon involved, again, just the conversation. I think he might be surprised. Maybe he'll be interested. If he really is disgusted and grossed out, then there's other things that need to be addressed. Like, you know, why is he so uncomfortable by this? You know, I don't know. So this could open up a Pandora's box for you, or this could be super, super simple. And then you get exactly what you're looking for. Question number two, I'm curious about underwear. What do the different types mean? Like if she wears a thong, what does it mean versus when she doesn't wear any? See, I was thinking that was going in like thong versus granny panty. And when I read this question, I thought, you know what's funny? And when we were younger or when we were dating, whenever that was, whatever, I don't know. The panties we wore did mean a lot. When you go on a date, like if you're not wearing or wearing a lingerie set, you know, you're trying for the lingerie set to be seen. If you're not wearing panties, you're, you know going, feeling out the night as it goes. And if you're wearing boy shorts, then you have no intention of taking your pants off to fuck. I don't think maybe you do. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I'm judging the shit out of you by your underwear choice. But I feel like as we grow up and we have longer relationships and we're married or whatever it may be, have kids, yada, yada, yada. The underwear is now no longer about our intentions maybe in around sex. It more so is about comfort, preference. And I don't have a period, just TMI throwing it out there because I have an IUD that takes it away, birth control. So I think that if I did have a monthly period, I think I'd probably be rocking really comfortable like boy shorts the whole time, granny panties, whatever. Boy shorts are better to me. 
And I don't really wear thongs. I think sometimes, I don't think, I know sometimes I'll pack them thinking I'll wear them on a vacation to be cute. Never end up doing it. Sometimes if I'm intentionally putting lingerie on and I know I'm going to, then it's a part of like a whole little set that's on for a very brief period of time. I'm just a commando kind of gal. It's who I am. It's who I've been for a really long time. It has nothing to do with the frequency of sex I'm having. It has everything to do with the easy breezy, no panty line of it all. I think it's perfectly fine for a guy to have a preference or which one he thinks is sexy or if he likes to sniff him, whatever the fuck, I don't care. But it's probably not about you unless she's saying it's about you, unless she's like, I'm not wearing any panties tonight. And you're like, okay, that's for me. She's doing that for me to be sexy. But if she's just a commando kind of gal, she's just a commando kind of gal and just appreciate it. Just appreciate it and go on about your day, sir. Question number three, we're on a roll. Now they're getting like deeper. So like we're gradually, you know, stepping stones here. We got a lot though. Hello, I just found the show and I love it. I wanted to ask what I can do to help my girlfriend who just gave birth to our baby girl feel more sexy and in the mood. I'm literally obsessed with her and I'm very, very affectionate. I would just like to know what I can do to rekindle the intimacy in our relationship as new parents. So A for the effort and for being super sweet and being very affectionate, and having the intention and desire to rekindle the intimacy. But what every woman who is listening that has kids is thinking, that, and we don't want to hurt your feelings, is that right now, this could be a time where that's really the last thing she wants from you. And this is just how it is because she just had a baby, has nothing to do with you. She probably feels really, really bad about it. A lot of women, especially new parents, like it's her first baby, if she's having a postpartum shit going on, she might not have shared that. She might not even know that that's the name of what she's experiencing and going through because it's such a jolt to your psyche, to your life, to your world, to your perspective. And there's so many beautiful things, right? Like the love in your heart fucking triples in size in a way you didn't even know you could. Unconditional love takes on meaning and all those things. But it's also like, holy shit, my old life is dead, gone, done. She's dead. It's gone. This There's a new person here because there's another person here and I'm responsible for this life. It's just a heavy mind fuck. And then you're mourning the life that you thought maybe you would get to keep that you don't. You'll get it back. She'll get it back. She just doesn't know it yet because she's so in the thick of being a new mom. So you just need to be a ride or die right now. And your support won't go unnoticed. If you make sure you communicate and like remind her and talk to her, be her cheerleader, hype her up, but also like you can tell her how you feel and be vulnerable and not be a dick about it. So just remember that line right there. Don't be a dick about it. Try to be empathetic and understanding and validate it, like voice that, ask questions. And new moms, have like grace on your husband because he's experiencing this too in a whole new way. I know I am not saying he's experiencing more pain or suffering change than you. It's not a contest. It's just different. And I think mothers are fucking superheroes because we just pushed it out of our bodies. So fuck you to the men for that. You have no idea what that's like. And that's okay. Y'all weren't supposed to do it. We were supposed to do it. Y'all are supposed to be our support, our rock, 
our provider, and our ride or die. So that's the best thing you could do. And then start dating her again. Start creating that space and the atmosphere for you to have intimacy. Tell her how that's a priority for you. And you have to explain it in a way where you're not like, I need to get off. It needs to be like, I need to connect with my wife. Like, what are your love languages? Mine are the physical touch and words of affirmation, whatever they are. You have to tell her so she knows that's how you feel loved and listen to her when she's sharing how she feels loved and make sure you're fucking doing it so that she's got some love to give you so that her love tank is full. But if you just do everything you think you're supposed to, having these expectations You might get resentful, you might get angry, you might get spiteful, so you have to communicate what you're doing and what you're looking for. And ladies, be like receptive, like listen with open ears. Don't get so offended or feel like, how could they think that I want that right now during this? It's like, well, they're their own person and they don't know what you're going through. So you're going to have to talk about it. That's just the shit of becoming new parents, having some uncomfortable moments, and it's only a season. So you might think like, holy shit, this is hard. We are not on the same page anymore. And now there's this little life just sucking from us, sucking from us, sucking from us. It's only a season and it will pass. Believe me, I've been through it. I know, been there, done that. They say that if you can get through the first 18 months of a child's life, you can get through anything. And I believe that. I do. That and COVID, right? The pandemic shit, survivors. That was like nine years of marriage in those two years. I swear to God. And this next question is literally, I'm going to show the the man who just asked this, listen to this question because it's the other side only a few years later. From a woman, my sex drive has been insane lately. I went from having little to no sex drive post-babies to this wave of horniness now that they are toddlers. What is going on? I literally want it every night and I'm thinking about it 24-7. I want to do all the things. I feel like a teenage boy. I'm heard sex is best in your 40s. I'm a few years away and I can already see that that seems to be true. Thoughts? Well... I'm not in my 40s yet. I'm a far, far away from it. Okay, 33. And I think I'm going to turn 33 the next birthday and the next. He he he. But yes, that seems to be true. And it seems like a double-edged sword or bittersweet or an oxymoron or ironic. ironic. I don't know which word I'm looking for. But it seems like the men, the older they get, the, the lower the drive naturally left to their own devices without any supplements. If they're not supplementing the testosterone, it would be depleting, right? Like at 18, they're at their peak. And I know some men are arguing and saying, you know, speak for yourself or speak for those dudes, not for me. I'm like a young whip stallion ready to lay pipe 24 seven. I'm sure, I'm sure it's 2022 and there's like all kinds of shit to keep your dick working like a rock star. Just like you can, turn the pussy back in time at the doctor's office. But it does seem only fair because men seem like they get better looking as they get older, like they age so well, whereas women, we like wither and turn into a prune. And that's that was mean. But I mean, we have to like invest money into ourselves. We have to go chop our, slice our face off so a doctor can pull it back to tighten it up so that we possibly could have an option if we were 50 and single. 
whereas men get this like sexy silver hair and masculine wrinkles. But I've heard their balls on their dick just shrivel up left to their own devices. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. What I do know is I know there's solutions for that. There's all kinds of wonderful doctors who revive the pussy, revive the dick, bring it back alive and bless like the stories I've heard are like 80 year old sex life and they're back fucking like they're 30 again. What a beautiful story. Wouldn't want to see them do it, but what a beautiful story. Pivoting back towards the question that I almost forgot about I think you know you're gonna your hormones it's your fucking hormones like you just said and it you can get to this like super insatiable place I know because I'm an insatiable bitch I think take this as an opportunity to bless you and your husband's sex life don't be afraid of initiating and if you're like really amping up the frequency that y'all are used to and he was content then don't get be butthurt about initiating. And then also feel free to rock on solo pleasure. Learn your pussy more. Have different new orgasms. If you've never squirted before, go on like a self-pleasure squirting journey. Okay, that's your homework, sister. But yeah, good thing. Go with the waves, the seasons, the ebbs, the flows, and then get your hormones checked also to like make sure you're in balance. So not only like, what if you have a super high drive and you become a super crazy bitch? You know what I mean? So you have to stay on the up and up, stay in the know. And if you feel good, you're doing good, relationships good, enjoy. This is a positive thing. Moving on to our last but not least question, which I want to segue into the topic of insatiability and boredom versus peace from this last listener question and then this one here, our actual last listener question. So for his issue, non-issue, me and my wife have been together for 16 years since we were 16. We have two kids and busy lives. This is maybe my issue. I have a higher sex drive than my wife, but when we were younger, we matched each other. I would like at least three times per week, but we're slowly becoming a once per week or once every second type week of couple. I hate this. We have great sex when we do have it. Use toys, anal, oral, etc. My wife says I'm too high maintenance to have sex more often. I won't have sex unless both of us have been showered. I don't want to be working out all day and then have sex as I think it takes away from the experience. That is definitely an opinion, I will say. We won't go down on each other if not showered and likely we'll have minimal foreplay and positions will be minimal to reduce any chance of seeing or smelling anything we don't want to. Do you have any ideas? Side note, there's also very little affection outside the bedroom. Likely my fault as admittedly I'm not a very affectionate person. I feel like we're getting stuck in a rut as if we, she really wanted to, she would shower in the evenings more often after the kids go to sleep so we could have sex. At the moment, she always showers in the morning right before school, so no chance of anything in the morning. Okay. Want to know what I really thought when I heard this? I did think it was a little bit high maintenance, but it doesn't matter what I think because that this is your reality. This is y'all's reality. She knows her husband. So she obviously knows like, this is what this is what he prefers. I'm sure you've made that clear to her. You made that clear to me in this immediately. So I would assume she would know being his wife. So it is what it is. So yeah, I think probably that's a little like, it seems a little rigid, but it's personal preference. So moving aside to, I guess, 
what kind of solution would I recommend? I think once a week versus once every two weeks, really big difference. So if you're having it once a week, then I truly think that you should masturbate (laughs) some or, you know, initiate, like you initiate, you ask her to take a shower with you or something and stepping up the affection. So if you're getting it once a week, I think you, you need to find ways by being more affectionate. What are her love languages? Like if you're going to want more than that, I do think that is asking for, you know, perfection in the sex life department. And that could be unrealistic for some lifestyles. For some other people, that's what they both expect, need, and want. And that's awesome. They're perfectly compatible sexually. A lot of couples are not perfectly compatible sexually. So it's kind of like, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to sacrifice? What are you going to give up? How are you going to compromise? Or are you going to like get on a really bad path of like sabotage and destruction and selfishness? So it's kind of like, what are your options? What are you going to do? How have you voiced this to her? Have you been making sure to meet your partner's needs and seeing where they might could feel more love and intimacy so that they're more likely to feel like, hey, I want to reciprocate that. So like what kind of environment are you creating to breed intimacy in your marriage is something you should ask yourself. And if you're like being like a robot of just like, I want this more, but then you're not going to go like be affectionate. You did take ownership saying likely your fault, as you admit, you're not a very affectionate person. So if you want to get out of the rut, you have to do things different because then you're being insane and you're going about it the same and nothing was really going to change. And I think it's like, um, an obvious something happened to someone else outside of your marriage doesn't mean they like cheated on you, but someone had a big epiphany. If just literally you wake up and your partner starts trying really hard all of a sudden, like they had some sort of light bulb come to Jesus, something happening moment. I'd be like, what the fuck? And maybe it was as simple as hearing an answer like this on a podcast or talking to a friend or a counselor, whatever. Maybe it wasn't, they went and fucked you over and then realized what they had at home, but you don't want to do something stupid because you feel like, oh, my partner's neglecting me because maybe you are asking for a lot from them for right now in this season of their life. What it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're doomed. It doesn't mean it won't get back to what it was. But when you said we were younger, it's like, that's the thing is that's the whole reason this podcast exists is because with time, with experience with the evolution of yourself, things change. Your perspective changes, your relationship changes, who you are as a person changes. And realistically, you have to know that that's what you signed up for when you commit to be with someone long-term. I think it really comes down to personality type two. There are people that are really, I'm raising my hand, like the insatiable personality type where you could chase after this more feeling for eternity, if you let yourself, it could really be a destructive, damaging tunnel vision that doesn't serve your relationship whatsoever. And you'll be much happier when you're present and appreciative 
And I know rejection can feel so, so terrible and we can internalize it and do so much damage. And we're believing lies, lies that we're telling ourselves because we're not talking about it because we think it hurts and it's uncomfortable, but talking about it's the best thing you could do. And to women or men, the person who is the lower libido in the situation, staying silent does not help being quiet and like being passive aggressive about you're not in the mood or you're tired or you feel like shit or too much is on your plate and they just don't get it. You have to vocalize that because it's, it's damaging to your partner. Just like you feel they're not understanding how you feel. You've got to talk about it. I don't care how shitty it is. And then ask yourself, am I really, really bored or are things actually like really good on paper and this is what peace is and like normal and not dysfunctional and I'm mistaking this peace for boredom because I'm so used to fucking chaos and things falling apart and putting back together and things falling apart and putting back together because some people get stuck in those cycles and that's what they think is what's supposed to happen over and over and it's not and you're not doing yourself any service by doing that. So if you're at home and you're like, we have sex once a week and it's mind-blowing, amazing sex, I think you could probably even get to a place of doing that more. But you should be appreciative that when you're doing it, you're not the couple that is in the same exact position, knowing exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and they are not in love with each other anymore. Because there's lots of those couples too. So I get it. I get it. You don't want to be like, well, I don't want to compare myself to what's worse than me. But you don't always want to, you don't want to be comparing yourself at all. You just want to look inward. What do you want? Why do you want it? A lot of the times it's someone just really wanting connection and intimacy and to feel close to their partner. And then for other people, it is like a physical release, something they want and they prioritize and they enjoy in their life. And you've got to be willing to talk about that and where it comes from and then go from there. And to men who really want to have more sex with their wives, what you are doing outside of the bedroom does translate and will go so either help you go further or hold you back. So do not go expecting changes to happen behind closed doors if you're not going to do anything outside of the bedroom. It just won't happen. It's not going to happen. So I challenge anyone who feels like they really, really need more, they want more, they want more. Are you being insatiable or are you being neglected? Because there is a difference and there 1,000 million percent are people who are being neglected physically, emotionally by, by their spouse. And you've got to be intentional about that and you've got to communicate that shit too. There's nothing you shouldn't be communicating about, basically. I think there are times when keeping your mouth shut is a lot more attractive and girls can be really annoying. Guys can be annoying too, but I know women can get really, you know, up in their feels and express it with a 2000 word text. So maybe less and more direct is more, but you got to get that shit out from under the rug so you don't end up hating each other. Okay, I'm sure it was somewhere in the title, Eating Pussy. Bum, bum, bum. Eat that little kitty kitty cat. Purr, purr. Okay, I don't know why I did that. Um, It's a must. It's a necessity. It is 
basically a 2022 requirement, I think, for a man. I think that if you are single and you don't eat pussy, I don't think it's going to work out for you. I don't think you're going to have much luck in the dating. What in the... I don't understand. I don't know. One time there was a woman who wrote in that said her husband has only done it once and we had a talk. We had a talk. I was like, we we ran through the list of what it could be. I blamed her first and then I blamed him. Okay. Y'all expect your dick sucked, right? Y'all don't want to be, no one wants, and the ladies might not like hearing this, some of y'all, but it's true. No guy wants to have the wife who doesn't do oral sex. Okay. They're, they're upset. They ask God in their prayers why that that happened to them. And they think of new ways of how, you know, they pray for a daily revolution that somehow it'll sound appealing to you. So don't be that girl. Don't be that girl. Okay, we're on this planet. One time, put a dick in your mouth and do it with enthusiasm. God damn it. No, I'm just kidding. That probably was very not 2022 acceptable to say that so aggressively. It's just my opinion. I think you'll get, you know, a lot more out of the man if you're willing to put his private part in your mouth. And you know what? You'll get a lot more from that woman. She will give you her soul if you can suck it out of her clitoris. Some women, that's like the only way they can get off. Okay. So what happens to those girls? Thank God I'm not one of them. But what happens to those girls? Okay. We're praying for you. So what is this all leading up to? Okay, so I asked on my Instagram at underscore the horny housewife podcast, DM me, add me, follow me, subscribe, all the things. I asked y'all, what are the techniques? What are the requirements to say he's really good at eating pussy? Like what makes a dude really good at eating pussy? So I'm going to read and just fire off some of the things y'all said. Okay, one girl said, knowing to read body responses, yes. And so women, don't moan the whole time because he might think like he's just money, 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 money. Just, you know, really give the affirmation moans. Like, and take those men as you're doing a good job. So women don't do them a disservice by letting them think it's all a yes, a 10 out of 10, okay? Another person wrote his clear enjoyment of it. Another slow tongue, paying attention, varies in pressure, licking, sucking, keep using your hands all over my body. Did the man have a pen out? Okay, get your iPhones. What about the little notes? Here we go. Don't rush in. Listen to your partner for feedback. Explore the whole pussy. Louder in the back. Explore the whole pussy. If you're new here, this podcast is not safe for work. Okay. Another one. When he does it for his pleasure, not just for yours. Hot. Hot. If you know he is, if you see him stroking his dick while he's licking your pussy, wow. Just do that, guys. Even if you don't even need to or want to, just do it. Okay? It'll make her feel really good about herself. Using fingers too, sir. Mm -hmm. You are uh, my spirit animal, the girl that wrote this. Chef's kiss. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be. It's my favorite meal. Did a guy chime in? I asked the women. Okay. The men were next. The men that are the pros or have had a lot of compliments on their pussy eating skills, they wrote into. So hold, wait for your turn. 
Another girl wrote endurance, right? A man who can just like, you're like, does he need oxygen yet? Where is he getting it from? And be careful. Sometimes I just want to lock my thighs so hard against his head and just buck his head till it falls off his body. And just remember, you have to keep them alive. Like they can't die and you need to (laughs) relinquish those thighs. Sometimes just, I think that annoys them too. Maybe if you just are too bucking it, bucking it, maybe not. Maybe they're like the guys that can hang on for the ride like for, follow, go with the pussy as it's bucking. Those are the real men. Those are heroes. Those are heroes. Okay. Next, intelligent determination, good genes. What? what the, how the fuck? Who wrote this? I think this is a man that wrote something too. That has nothing to do with eating pussy. Okay. <laughs> that has nothing to do with eating pussy. Okay. Obviously, the tongue, finger, combo, and endurance in all caps. I agree with you. I almost said your name because I was going to call you out, but we protect anonymity. But you are right, sister. She also wrote another one. A little bit of nibble, a little bit of five o'clock shadow. Oh, you are right type of woman. And passion, his excitement to go down. Oh, facial hair. Another pro of facial hair. Mustache, beard, all of it. Tickle me right. So many women put knowing that he likes it, like that he's into it. So, wow. You know, a lot of men, most men, when it comes to blowjobs, they're like enthusiasm, enthusiasm. Like that is a huge winner, ding, ding, ding. It can always be a great blowjob with a little bit of cheer, cheer spirit. So the women like it too. We like that shit. All about that tongue. Yeah, it is all about that experience. And you know what, guys, if you don't feel like you're experienced, because what inspired this segment was a man emailing me saying he really needs to know more about going down on a pussy and how to. So we want to help everyone and anyone. And then this is also refreshers, inspiration to eat your wife's pussy more. So I'm just doing, I'm just being the Lord's servant right now. You're welcome. Okay, I asked the guys next. I said men in regards to eating pussy. Tell me your techniques that make it chef's kissy. Paying attention to what makes her wiggle and moan. Wow, took the words right from me just a couple minutes ago. Good job, good listening. Suck it, suck it, yes. I asked my husband, I said, Daddy Derek, do you have any words of wisdom for the men since I don't eat pussy? Would you like to tell me so I can relay the message? Because I know he's really good at eating pussy. Wouldn't have married. It was one of the reasons why I married him. So, and that is not a lie. That is not a lie. He said, pressure, pressure. You have to know where her clit is. So anatomy is important. Incorporating fingers. Okay, you don't have to just stay and then staying steady. So do stay steady. When you're saying you're about to climax, he's not about to go really switch it up on me. He has the endurance. He can buckle in for my ride. And that is a good partner. Someone else wrote, it's called blowing bubbles in the clit area. So yeah, a little sucky, a little, I don't like, some girls have wrote that they liked when he blew on it. I don't want to be blown on. And I have been 
blown on sometimes and I don't, I never want it to happen again. It actually makes me filled with rage. Mm-hmm. I just want to snap my knees together and snap their head off. Not really, but I don't like it. One man wrote, kissing the clit seems to work well with one finger up the pussy. Why one? Just add a second. I think a second doesn't hurt anything. Selflessness, learning what she likes. Pay attention to the moans and stay on pace when finding a good spot. Oh, what a good listener. Starting slowly and paying attention to her reactions. I'm, th- I'm seeing a common theme of listening for her response. So we have a lot of smart men around here. Sucking on the clit and giving it tongue action. I think it was back when we were in high school, they were like, she writes, uh, no, he writes the alphabet on my pussy. I don't know if that's a thing still. I haven't felt like anyone was, um, you know, doing schoolwork on my pussy, but it doesn't really matter as long as it's feeling good. And what I noticed that feels good is sucky does feel good. Teeth doesn't feel good on anyone's genitals, just as a reminder. And it could be speedy flicks. It could be a fucking dog lip, lip, a dog lip, a dog lick, a lap up the pussy, throw in the butthole, go for a long, like you're wiping her with your tongue. You could do a wide flat tongue or you could do a pointy flippy flicky tongue. So variety, it all feels good with the pressure. And she'll be able to communicate or tell you which pressure feels good. Now, there is such thing as too much pressure. So don't take what I'm saying and act like you're going to arm wrestle and give it your all. Treat this like her baby penis. You know, it matters and it's sensitive. Oh, here's a good one. Knowing the anatomy helps a lot. After that, it's really about getting to know the girl's likes and dislikes because that is so true that what one girl likes, another girl may not. I think there are some definitely common go-tos that work well on a vagina, but if you're with someone for a long time, you'll learn her pussy specifically to her. There isn't one technique. My ex loved teeth on her clit. Oh my God. And this partner hates it. Tune into her. That's it. So see... Whatever floats your boat, whatever is floating the boaty. And I think there also are some guys who like toothy blowjobs, probably the same guys that like stilettos, like someone wearing stilettos to step on their balls. Those are probably, you know, two and one, the same guy. Pain kink, is that what it's called? I don't fucking know. But before using teeth, let's always make sure we're asking and communicating. I'm sure that's something you should assume they don't like. And then if they say, "Mm, I like it a little toothy, get a little, then go for it, go for it. And now if you are really someone who is truly feels inexperienced, new to eating pussy, or you want to get better at it and you really need not my annoying, sarcastic commentary to your lovely technique offerings, Beducated does have an awesome cunnilingus, cunnilingus, is that how you say it? Cunnilingus? course and it's in-depth step-by-step visual you will walk away and be like pumped to eat pussy so I talked about them earlier in the episode so go to my episode notes and you can get in there for 24 hours free check it out check, check, check it out also if you're new here make sure you subscribe if you aren't new here you better be subscribed or you're really grinding my gears it helps me so much 
You can leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps mucho. On Spotify, you can't write anything, but you can still leave a rating. I appreciate it so much. In my Instagram bio, there will be a link that gets to all the things. I have a Patreon where every Wednesday I upload two sexy, not safe for work, short audio eroticas. If you're like into audio erotica, which I have read some stories on this podcast before, you can go in the archive and go take a listen for yourself. If you like it, the Patreon is the place for you. Follow me on Instagram so you can find all my links to everything at underscore the horny housewife podcast. If you want to submit a listener question, truly, completely, anonymously, go to my website, thehornyhousewifepodcast.com. There's a little ask anonymous forum. All you have to do is type your question. You don't have to fill out the name, email. You can put an alias, whatever. Or you can slide in my DMs. I always protect your anonymity. Give me some context, yada, yada, yada. I love you, Freaky Fam, and I will see you next Monday. Mm -hmm.